And we're back with reaction once again, second time this week actually. Yeah, it's a twofer. Yeah, catching up with the Passion series because we were uh, we were out last week. So this is a, it's a two week uh, series leading up to Easter. Yep. We talked about uh, kind of two moments that Jesus experiences right before he goes to the cross. The first one is the Last Supper. He introduces communion to us, leaves that with us as a gift. Uh, and this this time we're talking about prayer. That's right. Uh, and and how Jesus models that for us. Yeah, yeah. So this week we are, we're talking about prayer. And I think, you know, one of the things that we, we talked about on Sunday is, is you know, prayer simplified is it, it, it's just a, it's just a conversation with God, right? Yeah. It's a conversation with God. And we said, you know, the, the thing, if we think about, if you think about the relationships, like relationships in our lives, the, the number one thing that's required to establish and grow a relationship is communication. If you take communication out of the picture, then there's there's no way that you can grow to uh, to know somebody else. Uh, there's no way that you can grow closer together. It just doesn't happen. And we asked our students on Sunday, what's the number one thing you need in a relationship? And they said, communication, right? That's what we need. And so prayer is really, it's, it's, it's a way that we communicate with God. And when it comes to prayer, you know, a lot of us, we don't do it um, for, for whatever reason, uh, or it just becomes this kind of rote routine thing that you do before you eat and before you fall asleep, maybe even to help you fall asleep. And, and the thing, the thing about that is, 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 you know, for some of us, I know, you know, we're not sure, we're not sure if prayer works. Like I know I talked to, you know, a handful of students a, a while ago and, and a common theme that comes up when I talk to students about prayer, you know, is well, I'm not, how do I know, how do I know that, that the words that I'm saying out loud or the words that I'm thinking in my head, you know, as I'm laying in my bed at night, um, how do I know that those things are making it past the ceiling? How do I know that, that God really is is hearing these things, let alone well, how, how will I know if he answers these things? Some of us, you know, we doubt we doubt it in that sense. Some of us, we're not sure how to do it. It's like, how, how do I pray? Like, what does it look like to pray? Do I have to, you know, do I have to use fancy words? Does it have to, you know, do I have to say the right things? Um, some of us, I think, uh, we talked about this on Sunday a little bit, is, you know, some of us, when it comes to prayer, we approach God like he's this giant cosmic vending machine where, you know, yeah, there's some things that I need from him. There's this, there's some things that I want from him. And like, you know, we go to the, the vending machine in the hallway of our school, or maybe for some of us, you know, parents, uh, we got a vending machine in our office and it's like, yeah, here's what I need to do. I go to the vending machine and I, and I know that the thing that I want costs a dollar fifty. So I'm going to put in a dollar and two quarters and, and I'm going to press the right buttons. And if I do it in the right order, then the thing that I want should come out, right? I should be able to get the thing that I want. And when it comes to prayer, a lot of times we approach God that way. Well, you know, hopefully if I say the right words in the right combination um, and ask for the right things in the right way, then he should should give me what I want. Uh, and if that's our expectation when it comes to prayer, we're going to be disappointed, right? It, we're we're going we're gonna to run into disappointment. Um, and so we, we address some of that stuff. Um, we address some of the things of, hey, when we talk about prayer, what is it? It's a conversation and communication clearly is the number one thing when it comes to relationships. And God wants a relationship with us. Like we don't have a relationship with a vending machine, right? When we go home from our office at night, like we got a vending machine around the corner, right? The Coke machine around the corner. You and I, like, I don't know, Mike, maybe you do, but but maybe like you, you lay in bed and go, man, I hope that Coke machine's okay, right? I hope that Coke machine's doing all right. I wonder what the Coke machine's doing right now. Yeah. We, we don't think that, right? It's it's not a, that's not the relationship that God wants from us or with us. He wants a relationship with us. Uh, he desires that relationship with us. We desire that relationship with him. And the only way to make that happen, to grow in that, is to begin to 
to have those conversations, to begin to to bring our heart's desire and the things that we we want to talk about, the things that maybe we haven't ever talked with anybody about, the things we never shared with anyone. I mean, he already knows about it anyway. Um, so let's have a conversation with him. And so, yeah, we talked about um, we talked about you know this this moment in in John seventeen where where Jesus has this. He goes to you know they leave the upper room. You know we talked about a couple weeks ago, um, and they go to this garden and and Jesus leaves a group of his disciples kind of at the, you know, the entrance of the garden, takes three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, a little bit further down the road. Um, and, and John just happens to be the one who, you know, was close enough to Jesus and awake in the moment, right? Because Jesus comes back and finds Peter and James asleep. And the fact that John has it written down in John 17 um, means that John was awake, A, and close enough to Jesus to be able to hear what Jesus was praying in this moment, enough to be able to write it down for us to be able to read. Yeah, yeah. So a big difference between a vending machine and a loving relationship. When we talked about communion, we said, uh, you know, Jesus used intimate symbolism because he wanted an intimate relationship. And that's what we're seeing again with prayer. Like it is the the lifeblood of an intimate relationship because you're not going to uh, you're not going to love something without ever speaking to it. You're not going to love someone without ever speaking to them. So how are you going to love God without ever having conversation? Yeah, yeah. That's really good. And, and we've seen earlier in Scripture that disciples ask how to pray, and Jesus gives them a, a simple kind of example uh, with the Lord's Prayer of, you know, you don't need fancy language. You don't. It's not magic. Um, you know, it's not a Bible thing for Bible people, but it is just a, a simple conversation with easy words. What's cool about this moment in John 17 is he's not just he's not just saying here's how to do it. He's showing the disciples an example of of an actual prayer, and so he's modeling prayer for us as opposed yeah. to just describing it. And and we start to see kind of the instructions that he gave earlier coming to life as he has an intimate conversation with his father. And this is one of the most intimate moments between Jesus and his father because he's he's at the end of his life. He knows what's coming. He loves the disciples that are around him. They're his best friends. They're his family. And so he's having a conversation with the Father, kind of summing up his ministry. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of of complexity. There's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of emotion in this prayer that Jesus is praying. Uh, and yet, as you read through it, what does it sound like? It sounds like a loving conversation between a father and a son. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's really the thing I love about it is it's honest. Mm-hmm. You know, so like John gives us, like the account of, you know, everything that Jesus says in this prayer. Matthew and Luke, they, they give us this moment where, you know, Jesus looks at his dad and says, hey, if there's another way to get this done, right, outside of me having to be crucified and killed on a cross, let's do it. Yeah. But if that's the only way, I'm in, right? And so I love that that even in that moment, Jesus is so honest with his father to say, hey, I know it's coming um, and I know it's not going to be fun, right? I know this is going to hurt, um, and if there's another way to do it, let's do that. Um, but if it's, if this is the way I trust you, you know, I've trusted you for 30, 30 33 years. Um, I'm going to trust you in this step too. I trust that if you say you could bring me back to life, that you'll do it. Um, and, and so John gives us this, this beautiful prayer though. He, he gives us more information than, than Matthew, Mark, or Luke, um, of, of Jesus as he goes through this this prayer. Jesus prays really what we talked about on Sunday is he prays for three things. You can take this 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 prayer, which you know the, the churchy where the, the churchy way of referring to this prayer is the high priestly prayer, right? Um, and and he, it breaks it down into, into three different things. And and so the first thing Jesus does 
at the beginning of John 17 in, in verses one through five is he, he prays for his mission. Um, and the thing that I love that, that he says in, in, in verse two is he says, you've given me authority over everyone, right? And you've given eternal life to everyone that you've given me, you know? So I love that. And then he says this in verse three, it's I think one of my favorite verses in all of John 17. And this is the way to eternal life, to know you, Right. So the way to eternal life is not, like you said, it's not some magic combination of do this, do that. It's to to know the only true God. Right. Uh, in this case. And, and he, he goes, he takes it one step further. And Jesus Christ, me, the one you've sent to earth. Right. He said, I brought you in verse four. He said, I brought you glory here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. So, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before it all began. And I love that. I love that he says that the way to eternal life is, is to know you. Um, and so I, I love this. And, and for us, we, we, we talked about this. It's, you know, Jesus in this final moment. Right. Because he's he's in his last minutes of freedom. You know, Judas is on his way up the hill you know, with a group of people to arrest Jesus, right? That's happening minutes from this conversation that he's having with his father. And and in these last minutes, Jesus, he's not praying for himself so much as he's praying for the mission that he came to be a part of. And he, it's, it is, it's, it's essentially, it can be summed up like this. God, help me to care about the things that you care about in the way that you care about them. You know, I want people to, to, to know eternal life, to have eternal life. And the way that they're going to have that is to know you through me. That's what Jesus says. And so he prays in this moment into the things that God's heart cares about. So Jesus is going, as, I, as I'm getting ready to step into this, this painful experience, don't let me forget, Father, what you've cared about from the very beginning in the face of hard stuff, and and give me then the courage to do something about it. It's not just, hey, God, help me to care about the things that you care about. It's give me the courage to do something about it, mm-hmm. uh, which I love that. So that's the first thing uh, that he prays for. The second thing that he prays for is he prays for his friends. Um, and so these, these would be the, the disciples that, you know, he left at the entrance of the garden. And then as he turns around and looks back and sees Peter and James asleep and John, I'm sure, trying to scribble and, and keep up with, with the thing that, that Jesus are saying. He, he says, look, in, in John 17, uh, verse 11, he says, I'm departing from the world. They're staying in the world. I'm coming home. Uh, he said, Father, you've given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they can be united just as as we are. And I love the fact that Jesus prays for his friends. And I love in John 17, he says, you know, God, these are the people you've given me. So Jesus doesn't just see them as, you know, people in his life, you know, a means to an end or a means to like, yeah, I needed to have some disciples so that when I go that there's some way of, you know, the people in his life weren't just there for the strategy of his mission, right? Jesus didn't use people. Um, He saw them, he says in John 17, they are gifts from his father. Um, and he knows what they're up against. He knows what, what they're up against, the fact that the world won't understand them. The world will hate them. Uh, and so he prays in this moment for trust uh, and protection over his friends. Like, Father, you trusted me, uh, and now I trust you with them. You know, So he's taking his friends, and he's essentially putting his friends in the hands of his father and saying, look, protect them. And I love the fact that he sees his friends as more than just people in his life. Um, they're a gift from God. And we talked a little bit of that on Sunday. Of what would it look like for us you know, to begin to see the people in our lives the, the same way that Jesus saw his friends. Like, they're not just a means to an end. They're not just something to help me feel comfortable or give me something to do or someone to talk to or a, a number on my number of followers on, on whatever social media platform I have. No, these people are a gift from God and how we would treat a gift from God. If God showed up at our door, 
you know, today and said, hey, here's a gift. We would treat a gift that God gave us way different than we would treat any other gift, yeah. right? Um, and then the third thing that he prays for is he prays for us. He prays for other people. Um, in, in John 17, verse 20, he says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will believe in me through their message. And I love that too. It, it's not just that he's he's praying for you know the, these that are here, but he's Jesus kind of looks out you know beyond the horizon and says, "I'm praying for everyone who will choose to believe in me um, through the, the message that that they're going to deliver." And again, we talked about this on Sunday. We said, you know, that that the reason that we're sitting in a place today called Southeast Christian Church is because a group of young men. 2000 years ago decided to take it seriously you know the message of jesus that they began to have conversations with people to make disciples who can make disciples who can make disciples and eventually that message of jesus crossed borders into different countries crossed you know borders into different continents and then eventually crossed oceans to the place where 2000 years later here we are talking about him jesus in this moment in john 17 is praying for us in 2019 as we sit on blankenbaker parkway in louisville kentucky because we would believe in this, in this, and the people that that, hundred years later, you know, from now, from this point forward, who will also believe in the message through, you know, through us, the fact that we're willing to to share those message, and so, you know, Jesus is praying that other people would become to would come to believe in Him, um, through the message that we deliver, but also through the fact that when people see us, they begin to see Him. Um, so, and I love this. Says, so that the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them. Um, and I love the way that Jesus closes this out. He closes his prayer out saying, I want you to be with me where I am. Um, not stuck in this, this mess of brokenness, not stuck in this place. Where, no, I want you. I'm going to be with my father and I want you to be there too. Yeah. And I want you to take as many people as you can with them. But again, it starts with prayer. And Jesus says, I'm willing, I'm willing to do what it takes to make that happen. Um, but in this case, again, I just love the fact that he prays for us. Um, 2,000 years later, he had us in mind to pray for. So those are the three things that Jesus prays for. He prays for his mission, he prays for his friends, and he prays for other people. Yeah. And it's really an alignment of his desire and his heart with the Father's desire and the Father's heart because yeah. everything he's praying through, you know, has been has been cast at, like it, it's been vision it's vision that's been cast by the Father uh and and he's heard it, he's received it, he's living it out, he's praying for the future and the legacy of it. Um, but it is an aligning process because again, a conversation is not a one-way street. A conversation is a back and forth exchange. I was talking about this last night. Like, how do I uh, articulate to a student how to hear the voice of God? Well, the the more you know the Father's heart, the easier it is to recognize and see and hear His voice. Uh, and I think that it's the same thing with prayer. It's it's a symbiotic relationship between reading Scripture, between participating in worship, the things that help you discover who God is and his character and his heart for you. And then prayer, uh, you know, they go hand in hand because yeah. the the more you know about him, the easier it's going to be to talk to him. The more context you have for conversation, just like with any person who you're talking to face to face, the better you know them, uh, the more likely you are to be able to have topics to speak to them about. At the same time, the more you speak to them, the better you're going to get to know them. Sure. And that's going to fuel that relationship going forward. Uh, there's so much power in prayer. You know, prayer can heal. Prayer can conquer uh, enemies. It can break walls down. It can reassure you in your darkest moments. Uh, but at the core of it, it, it's just an aligning of your thoughts and your heart and your dreams and your vision with 
those same things that God has for you. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, you two are 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 intimately linked, uh, and it starts with prayer. Yeah, and I think you know there are these cool moments, and we we had one on Sunday. You know where, um, you know I get a, a text message at six thirty in the morning um, from from Taylor Starr, who was supposed to preach that morning. Uh, her daughter's sick, right? And uh, and it was one of those deals of going, okay, well we we, we can figure this out. But, you know, our team circles up at the beginning of the morning and say, hey, look, we, we, we're not doctors, right? We, we know that we can't sit in a, in a hospital room and figure this thing out, but, but we know that, that God can, right? God put our bodies together. And so what we're going to do is we're going to align our hearts with his. Uh, we're going to align ourselves and recognize, God, we can't do this, but we know you can. And we know your heart for, for, for Willow Star is for her to, to feel good. Um, and, and so we're going to pray into that. And, yeah. and it was cool that we got a text message not long after that saying, Hey, you know, all the tests came back positive or ne- negative in terms of, um, things that are scary, but they're positive in terms of like, yeah, you, every, everything's good and we're getting released. And that's, that's one of those moments of going, it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's a moment of us going, hey, we're, we recognize in this case, we're, we're not, we are powerless when it comes to solving, you know, this the the illness or whatever it may be that it's affecting someone but boy we can take them and our want and our desire for them we desire for her to feel good and not be in the hospital so we're going to take that to to god who we feel like feels the same way mm-hmm. right and and in this case it was it was a, it was a cool moment where we got to see prayers answered almost in real time um and it doesn't always work out that way you know we say yeah. god answers prayers in one of three ways yes no or not yet uh, and sometimes we pray those things and, and god's response is no um and sometimes we pray those things and says, well, not yet. Every now and then you get a yes uh, in that too. And, and so, you know, I think the challenge for us to kind of close up this week, I think the challenge for us is to begin to shift the way we pray. Um, and, and for us as, as families, you know, parents, you know, think about what's the mission of your family? Like, what does your family exist for? Uh, do you exist just to live on, on, you know, whatever your address is or whatever corner and, you know, of your, of your street? Um, and yeah, you put food on the table and yeah, you provide and, and Hey, we're doing a good job. Or does your family have a mission beyond the walls of your house? Can you begin to pray about those things? What would it look like, you know, for you moms and dads as parents to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to gather up tonight. We're going to have a conversation about what's the mission of our family. Why does our family exist? Um, and then as a family begin to, to pray and to ask God, God, could you help us to care about the things and the people that you care about and then give us the courage to do something about it. Because like we said on Sunday, we pass by this stuff all the time. We see people, parents, You, I know we see people in our offices and, and at the coffee shops and the places we eat and the places we go who we know that person needs something, right? Um, there's a, there's a, someone in my office I know who's going through a hard time. Instead of just walking past that person, what would God's heart for them be? And how can I then do something about that? Students, we see it too. We, we know the kid at school who um, is, is an outcast. We know the person who uh, doesn't have any friends. We know the person who is going through a hard time or maybe their parents are going through a divorce or whatever it is. Instead of just walking past them and going, man, this is gonna be an awkward conversation. It's, hey God, help me to care about the things that you care about and give me the courage to do something about it. So yeah. parents and families who would say, circle up, have a conversation about the mission of your family. And then ask them, pray together to care about the things that God cares about and then do something about it. The next one is to pray for your friends, um, parents, family, students, to, to pray for these relationships in your life and to take them to a new level, to not see the people in your life as a means to an end, 
um, but to begin to see the people in your life as a gift from God and then the opportunities to treat them that way. You know, there are people in our lives, I think, that we could treat differently if they knew, hey, man, I see you not as just a thing, but as a gift from God. Um, so to pray for those things, to pray for the friendships in our lives um, and to begin to have a, to, to see those in, in, a, in a new way. And then the third thing to pray for as families is to pray for other people, right? That the people that we would come in contact with would come to know Jesus. I think it's, a, again, it's a, a thing where we talk about the power of prayer. It's like, hey, I don't just want to go have a conversation with Jesus about that person. I want Jesus to know that person's name before I go talk to him, right? Yeah. I want to take that person before Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, I'm going to go talk to you. You know, like for, for us this week, like I had a conversation with two two of our neighbors and, and about inviting them to to come to church with us this week. And it's like, hey, I, I Jesus, I, I'm going to go have a conversation with my neighbors across the street. I, I just want you to know that, right? I, I want you to know I'm praying for them. I'm praying for their family. I'm praying for their kids. Um, Jesus, even as a professional Christian, right, as a pastor, you know, I get a little nervous when, when we step into these conversations. So, Lord, give me the words to say, but I want you to know this person, and I want you to know that I care about this person, and my prayer for them is that they would come to see that you feel about them, you know, the same way that I do and, and, um, and those kinds of things. So I think those are the things for us, the challenge for us families this week is, have a conversation about the mission of your family and then begin to pray about that. God, help us to care about the things that you care about and give us the courage to do something about it, to pray for your friendships, the people that your family is intimately connected to and for opportunities to extravagantly love those people, to treat them as gift, gifts from God. And then the third thing is to pray for other people to come to know him um, and then intentionally put yourself in the paths of those people. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Pray for your mission, pray for your friends, pray for others. That's it. Yep, those three yeah. things. Yeah, that'll carry you through Easter. It's a great time to do it. We've yep. got opportunities coming up with uh, lots and lots of services you can bring your friends and family to. So uh, pray over those people and, and chase 40, those. 40,000 services. Yeah. Yep. Wishing you all a happy Easter, and we'll be back soon. Yep, see you next week.